everybody out tonight. Let's all stand. Start the service off on page 176. special night. We're going to have a baptism after the service. Looking forward to that. I do have to make reprieve tonight. Um, <clears throat> today, Deb and I were going out to eat, and I got lost going to the restaurant. And then on the way to church night, we had just enough time to run to the house, pick up a few things, and, and headed to the church. She said, where is your tie? I said, I forgot it. Now, here's for all you women in the house. She said, see there, you need me to drip. <laughs> so that, that settles it right there. Amen. It's okay to drip at certain times. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm looking forward to what God's going to be doing for us tonight. Dr. Chris Cornett, how about you open us in prayer? 
You will remain standing one more song, page 76.
love this song. Y'all pray for us.
if you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you. We appreciate all of you being here, especially our visitors. Thank you all for coming to Merville Baptist Church. Like I say, tonight is a special night. We're going to be baptizing Miss Aniston, and I'm looking forward to that. I count it an honor to be able to baptize her tonight. I've seen her ever since she's a, she was born into this world. Looking forward to what God's going to do in her life in the days to come. So, anyway, don't have really any announcements tonight. Let's go on with me. Just amazed at what God does in people's lives. I think about Josh.
sitting here. Remember when he and his family first started coming to the church and saw him get saved, and God called him to preach. And uh, I was thinking about Ashley standing up there singing tonight, Brad. Leslie, y'all must be mighty proud of what she's become for the Lord. And uh, she's goofy. She's crazy. But she's got a heart for Jesus, and I sure do appreciate that. Amen. Well, it is a blessing to have Brother Josh Bennett in with us tonight. He's going to be bringing the message. <laughs> Somebody said today, thank God it'll be a short message tonight. Amen. That was a slap on me. It wasn't nothing on him. It was slapping me. But anyway, you come on, Brother Josh. That is uh, one thing you can count on. I'm probably the most honest Baptist preacher you'll ever hear. When I say I'm not going to be long, I mean it. All right. <clears throat> but I never claim to be a, a good preacher by no means, but I sure am glad the Lord, Lord chooses to use the least of, least of us. Uh, if you've got your Bibles tonight, we'll be in the book of Matthew, and I'm going to be all over the place, to be honest with you. And I'm going to start in Matthew Sure do appreciate the opportunity to come to preach. Uh, anytime you get a chance to do something for the Lord, it sure is sure is good. I know I'm unworthy, but sure I'm glad the Lord will use us. They just sang that song, "My Lord is Coming," and that goes kind of hand in hand with what I'm what I'm preaching on tonight. I tell you, if that doesn't excite us tonight, there's a problem. Yeah. And they're singing that song, said, "My Lord is coming." You can't help but just get something bubbling up in you, brother Chris. And if you don't, you might be missing something down in there. Uh, when we think about Jesus and, and what He's done for us and the fact that we're going to see Him face to face one of these days, I just can't stand still. It, it, it makes me excited. And when you start, stop getting excited, uh, we probably need to get back in the book. We probably need to get back to, to where we were, uh, once were. And that's what I'm going to be preaching on tonight. Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't preached to more than 10 people in a long time. Um, <clears throat> a little bit different. Uh, but that's the title of my message tonight is Drawing Closer to Him as He Draws Closer. I've uh, seen a lot uh, just here in the past couple of years. Uh, the church as a building or as an institute seems to be growing, uh, but the true church seems to be getting a lot smaller. Uh, the, 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 the work for God and the, uh, the passion for Christ and actually living a godly life, uh, people that you see doing that is drawing a lot, a lot smaller. And I uh, started looking at my own life, doing a lot of uh, self-observation through that, and it's the church's fault be honest with you. And again, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes tonight, uh, but this is where the Lord's led me. And I know Sunday night church is a lot of the backbone of the church. Uh, so maybe that's why, why we're here, but I'm going to preach just for a few minutes on drawing closer to him and what that really needs to look like. And I think if we all were honest with ourselves, we can be a lot closer than we really are this, yeah. this evening. Yeah. Uh, I know for a fact in my own life and my own prayer life and Bible life, I could be a lot closer and a lot more in tune than I really am. And I think we need to be really uh, aware of that. And the first point I'm going to jump right into it is a remembrance tonight. Uh, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 27, verses 46 through 54. <clears throat> a very familiar scripture. This is uh, when the Lord has been crucified. He's on the cross. And I won't go into all the details of that. We know the story of, of what he did there. But starting in verse 46, it says, In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, this is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed 
and gave him to drink. And the rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Verse 50 says, Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. And now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. <clears throat> so that account there, I like to read that and I like to study that and because it reminds us of what he did for us. If we ever forget what Jesus truly did for us, we've gotten to a bad place. Uh, those, those few verses there paint a vivid picture of what he went through. I didn't read about the rest of the, the beating that he endured, of the, uh, the stripes that he took, the, uh, the mangledness of his body at that point. Um, but we know from reading and studying in the past that his body was unrecognizable as a man, it said. Uh, he looked like a worm. Um, uh, he had just endured so much, but it was on our behalf. Uh, he did it all for us. <clears throat> when we take just a moment to really let that sink in, uh, there's nothing that we've been through that can even uh, compare to the things he went through just in that moment of his life that he did for each one of us sitting here tonight. Uh, but if we take just a little bit of time to think about that, uh, read those words where he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we know that's when the Lord had uh, kind of turned his back on the, uh, or God had turned his back on Jesus because at that moment he had taken our sin on himself. And I think about that, and if that doesn't shame us tonight, it should. Everything that I've ever committed, anything you have ever committed, he took on his own when he was sitting on that cross that night. So the, the fact that the father had to turn his back on his only son is because of me. But I'm so thankful tonight that he was able to do that. I'm thankful he was willing to do that and to go through that. And I go, went to Isaiah 53, and you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to read it for the sake of time. Said, for he shall grow before men, uh, before as a tender plant and as a root up of the dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when he shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and was esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. I'm going to stop right there for just a minute. They said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Hey, he took that for me, Brother Chris. He took that for you. Uh, he was wounded for the transgressions that I had committed. Hey, he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve not a thing he went through, but he did it for me. He said he was bruised for our iniquities. He committed not one sin the whole time he was here on earth. He did nothing wrong. But he took on those stripes and those things for us. And he says, with his stripes, we are healed. I work with a guy now. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. He's very religious. Uh, we don't see eye to eye. But he likes to take this verse and speak of true healing, uh, physical healing. But I'm grateful tonight that it's not talking about our physical bodies here. It's talking about by his stripes, I am healed in a spiritual way that I don't have to worry about going to a devil's hell one day. All I've got to worry about is knowing that because he took those stripes, I don't have to die one day and go to hell. And I have a home in eternity with him in heaven, and there's not a thing I did to deserve it. It was all because of the stripes he took on my behalf. 
and I don't care what happens to my body down here. I might grumble, grumble and complain, but uh, I don't care if those stripes heal this body because one day I'm going to get a better one. Yeah. And one day we're going to leave this place and it doesn't matter what happens down here. Uh, all that matters is where we end up. What we decided down here, who we took down here. And I'm grateful for that. And let's read on. He said, And all we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare this, his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. So there again, just giving the account of, of what he went through and why he went through it, and that he'd done it all for us. And I want to read on. Like I said, I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of Bible. The, the best preaching comes right out of the book. Uh, so I'm going to read in Romans chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. It said, For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now shamed? Uh, for the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end of everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the wages for the sins that we committed, that was death. And the wages for the things that we've committed in our lives, church, that was death. And but he took that on himself. Said the gift of God is eternal life. And what he did was a gift. It was a free gift that he gave us on that tree that night. And I think a lot of us have forgotten what that truly means and why he did that. Uh, the whole reason that I, I, I titled this first this point as a remembrance is because we've forgotten uh, the, 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 the depth of what he did for us that night. Uh, we've forgotten how important that death on the tree was. Uh, we, a lot of times we'll see uh, uh, Catholics still like to uh, put a, the crucifix up. We see him on the tree. We've grown complacent to seeing that. Uh, we walk by and see a picture of Christ hanging there on the tree and we're just used to it now. And we should never be used to that picture, Brother Tim. Yeah. And we should never get complacent about what Christ did for us on Calvary. And we should never take lightly what He went through for us. Uh, we should never, never take that lightly. Uh, but then also we've forgotten uh, the magnitude of His name. Uh, the, the name of Jesus is just so flippant nowadays. Uh, you hear it taken in vain uh, all the time. It, it makes me sick. Uh, but people just, just flippantly speak of Jesus and don't think anything of Him. But that name is uh, the most beautiful thing in this world. It's the most wonderful thing in this world. And without the name of Jesus, I'd be lost tonight and on my way to hell. Uh, but because of that wonderful, beautiful name, I know where I'm going one day. And it made me think of the song we used to sing here. It said, uh, Jesus, what a wonderful name. I don't read those words to you. He said, uh, some call it progress and we must conform or we'll be left by the change. This new world religion serves the God of their choice, but salvation still comes in one name. And the second verse says, all the great leaders who sleep in their graves one day will bow and proclaim. He's the Lord of all glory, the crowned King of kings. All creation will thunder His name. That name is Jesus, the sweet rose of Sharon, the spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son. Jesus, my Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the grave. Jesus, this world's only Savior. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Hey, that second verse talks about all the leaders who are sleeping in their graves tonight, Brother Tim. One day they're going to bow. And one day they're going to find out who was really in charge. And they're going to find out what, uh, which one was false religion and which one wasn't. And one day they're going to uh, realize uh, the error of their ways. And I'm glad tonight that we're 
able to live in a land where we can preach this Bible, we can read this Bible, and we can know who's truly in charge tonight, and we don't have to worry about what's going to happen one day. Uh, but I'm so glad that we serve a God with such a magnified name, and we should never take that lightly. And when we start taking that lightly and start uh, forgetting the magnitude of that name, we're starting to grow cold. I never want to get that cold. I never want to stop remembering uh, how important he is to me and how important he should be to me. And my wife's important to me, but Jesus should be even more. And I put her first a lot of times, and a lot of times I don't. She probably won't tell you how I do, but uh, we put things in front of our lives uh, that we see of importance, but a lot of times Jesus gets put on the back, back, back burner. And I do that a lot. Uh, but he should be the first and foremost thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning. should be the last thought we have in our minds when we lay our heads down to go to bed. Uh, it should be all day long. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, praying without ceasing. We should want to talk to him. We should want to converse with him. Uh, but how many times, church, do we just go through our day and not think about it not one time? We get busy. That's a good excuse. I'm too busy. I'm glad he wasn't too busy. I'm glad he, he took the time to think about me one day. I'm glad to, to know that he cared enough about me that if I was the only sinner, he'd have still come. He'd have still done what he had to do to make sure I was all right. Amen. And then secondly tonight, we, uh, to get closer to him, we've got to remember wh uh, what he did for us and where we were, where we came from. But secondly, we're going to have to let go of a few things. I'm going to read over in uh, Luke chapter tw uh, 9, verse 23 and 27. Said, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself... Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. And when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and the holy angels, but I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God." Now, the first verses there, he said, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Those first couple words where he says to deny himself. How many times do we truly deny our flesh? How many times do we truly deny ourselves, put ourselves to the side and take up his cross? And I'm preaching to myself tonight. Um, the Lord kind of gave me a spiritual spanking, so I decided to give it on back to y'all. But... Uh, how many times do we truly take off our own flesh and decide to follow Him? Uh, so many times we want to uh, do things our own way. Uh, matter of fact, we all have a job in here most likely. And every morning we wake up and we get ready, we go to work. We work our tails off at that job so that we can get a paycheck. So we can spend that money on everything we want to spend that money on. Uh, bills, what have you. But a lot of times we don't ever think of the Lord in any of that. Uh, we spend so much time trying to get ahead. We spend so much time trying to uh, keep up with the Joneses and do things down here. Uh, but he says to take up his cross. Uh, we ought to be taking up the cross of Christ and not worrying about the things down here, Brother Tim. Uh, we shouldn't be worried about what we can gain down here because this world's going to pass away one day. Uh, the song they were singing about, my Lord is coming. Hey, when he comes, we're not going to have to worry about this whole world down here. And he's going to take us to a far better place. It doesn't matter what we've had. We're going to leave it all down here. Uh, it's going to stay behind. And how much time have we wasted building up all these treasures down here? They're just going to be for nothing. And the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we're building up our treasures down here and trying to uh, gain all the fame and fortune and, uh, and get ahead down here, most likely that's what our heart's in. Most likely that's... Uh, that's what our strive is. That's what our, uh, our heart's all about. 
But if we start trying to lay up our treasures in heaven, if we start trying to work for Him and, and do something for Him, our life will be a whole different thing. Uh, our life will go a whole different direction. And we'll read again in Romans chapter 12. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Back in the, uh, the, the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice lambs and, and things of that nature for their sins. To, uh, the atonement of their sin was that blood. Hey, but he says we're to be a living sacrifice. He doesn't want us to die. He doesn't want us to give our lives for him, so to speak. He wants to live our lives for him. And he wants us to spend day in and day out serving him and sacrificing our lives for his cause. Uh, but how many times do we sacrifice nothing? Uh, we, we want sacrifices on our behalf. Uh, we want to live our lives the way we want to live our lives. And give no account and no regard to what God would have us to do. Uh, but then going a little bit further with it, <clears throat> not only are we uh, need to take up our cross for Him and, and live our lives to serve Him and to uh, forget about the things of this world, but we shouldn't worry about anything either. We've got to let go of the worry and the cares of this world as well. In Matthew 6, He says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, uh, not yet for your body, or what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than them? And I'm going to stop right there for just a second. And I was talking about uh, how, we, how we strive to be, uh, be all these things and to gain all these things, but a lot of times we don't realize that the things we're putting in front of God is just our worries. The things that we put in front of Him is just our own uh, uh, fears and things that we're scared of and don't want to give Him the control over. Is there anything, I'm going to ask you a question tonight, is there anything that is too big for God to handle? Of course not. But how many times in our lives do we think we've got to handle every situation that comes our way? And I'm the world's worst. Uh, my wife will tell you, I don't, if uh, one thing goes south, I blow up. And that's because I don't have enough faith a lot of times to know that the Lord's got it in control if I just stand back a little bit and let Him have it. Yeah, but if we're truly going to be closer to Him tonight, we've got to know that He's got our best interest at heart. We've got to know that He's going to take care of whatever situation, whatever problem comes our way. And we've got to trust Him. Uh, but a lot of times when uh, we're uh, very, I don't know what the word is that I'm thinking of, but we have a hard time putting our trust in anything but ourselves a lot of times. And again, I'm preaching to myself here, but we want to be able to solve our own problems. Again, that's why we go to work. We want to pay our own bills. We want to pay our own way. We want to be able to do all these things. Hey, but God said, or the Bible said here, He said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And when things start to look a little bit rough, Brother Chris, and it looks like the money's not there, or the, the food may not be there, how many times do we fret and think, where am I going to get this next meal? Or where am I gonna, how am I going to pay that light bill? Or how am I going to fix that car that just broke down? They're, gonna, they're coming to take my house. How am I going to keep my house? And we sit there and we fret and we worry and we try to figure out how to get ourselves out of a mess when the answer's right there in that verse. Are you not better than them? 
If He takes care of the birds, He's going to take care of you. He loved you enough to come down and die on that old rugged cross so you wouldn't have to worry about going to a devil's hell. He'll take care of you. And this morning, we got, or tonight, we've got to remember that. And I know it's hard uh, to, to put this old flesh aside. That's probably the hardest thing that we go through is learning how to take this old flesh off and set it to the side. Now, unfortunately, we're still robed in it. And I want to read in Philippians chapter 4. It's probably my favorite verses of Scripture. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, if you've ever felt that peace of God, there's nothing like it. There's, there's a reason it says it passes all understanding, because our earthly minds just cannot understand how you can have such peace in such a time of turmoil. He doesn't say there, let me read that to you again. It said, let your request be made known unto God, and He'll take care of all of it and give you peace. It don't say that. It just says the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds. The problem may not go away right away, Brother Tim. But if you give it to Him, you'll have a peace that you just can't understand. You'll have a peace about that situation that uh, just doesn't make any sense because the problem is still right in front of you. But you know who's got it in control. Hey, you know who's got it in his hands. There's a, a kid's song that uh, the little ones listen to. He's got the whole world in his hands. Hey, it's something so simple. But if us adults can just grab hold of that, he's got it in his hands. Hey, we ain't got anything to worry about tonight. And hey, we don't have anything to fret about because he's carrying us uh, all every step of the way. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that big. Hey, Buddha's not going to be able to do that tonight. He's over sleeping in the dirt somewhere. He can't hold the problems that we have. And Muhammad, he's not going to be able to take care of it for me. Joe Biden, he can't take care of all my problems. But God can. And we serve a God that's able to take care of these problems tonight. And as Christians, there's no, uh, no reason on earth that we should ever get down in the dumps. I know we do. And uh, that's just part of life. That's who we are. But there's absolutely no reason we should ever get that way. Because we know who's on our side. We know who's got our problems. But then lastly, again, I'm not lying to you. I'm almost done. Lastly, is we've got to serve. If we're ever going to be closer to Him, we've got to serve Him. There's a job that we've got while we're here. And that's why I'm up here stammering around tonight. We're supposed to be serving. Uh, as the church, it's our job to, to live our lives differently than the rest of the world. And we can't uh, put on the, the code of Christianity while we're in here tonight and then take it off and live like the world the rest of the week. It doesn't work that way. And again, I've done it before. It's not a good way to live. Hey, you've got to keep on that coat. And I'm not saying be, uh, be high-minded and better than everybody else because we're just as bad as, as they were. We're just sinners saved by the grace of God. Hey, but we are called to live a different life in the hopes that somebody will see that in our lives one day and they'll, they'll want to see that difference. They'll want to be that different. They'll want what you have. I uh, just here recently, I don't know why this came to my mind, but I'll share it with you. We have a couple kids that uh, went to our church. I've taught uh, in the youth group. Actually, got pretty close to, and they got themselves in a, in a heap of trouble here recently. Uh, they're in prison now. And I, when I first heard what they did and, and what had happened to them, I started beating myself up. What did I do wrong? Uh, what have I done that would cause them not to come back to church and and come to know the Lord? And how could I have kept them from getting into that mess? 
And the more I think about it, the more I pray about it, the more I realize I've just got to live my life a little bit better, a little bit closer to Christ. There's nothing I could have done to keep them out of that mess. I know that. But I know that I'm doing everything I can to be as close to Christ as I possibly can so that the kids that I teach see that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's our job is to be so close to Christ that somebody will look at your life and say, I want to be like that. And like I said, I can't help but think that if I wasn't a little bit closer, they might have looked at my life and said, I want that. And they might have got saved. But we'll never know for sure. But that should be our goal as a Christian is to be that close. And we are to be a light. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll tell you a quick story real quick. Wouldn't be a Baptist preacher if you didn't throw at least one story in there. Uh, several years ago, I went camping with a few buddies of mine, and it was a boat-in campground. I just got out of high school, and I bought a little John boat that was good for nothing, really, and uh, had a little bitty tiny trolling motor on it. So we take off, fill the thing up. It's barely above water. We get out there, and we left all the food behind, and we left the wood behind. So we drew straws, so who's going to go back and get the rest of our stuff? So one of my friends takes the boat back, and hours go by. It's getting dark. There's no lights on the boat or anything. So it's, it's about pitch black. So we, me and my other buddy, we go to the top of the little island there, and we're just shining flashlights, hoping he might see them. About an hour and a half later, we start hearing him paddling in. The motor died as soon as he got back to the truck. So he's paddled all the way back in. So later that night, we're sitting around the campfire, and uh, he, he wasn't saved or anything. Uh, but this has always stayed with me. He said, when it started getting dark, all these little coves looked exactly the same. He said, I didn't know where to go. He said, then I started seeing those flashlights. And when I saw that light, I knew which way to go. That's what we are tonight. We're that flashlight. It's starting to get dark. Hey, we're living in a time where it's getting real dark. And turn your TV on, it's pretty dark. Uh, you look at what's going on in Washington. We're living in some rough times. I have no doubt, I've heard in my entire life being in church, we're living in the last days. I believe it. I believe he's coming in my lifetime. Now, I don't believe that uh, unless it happens real soon, I don't believe that I'm going to see death, Brother Tim. I believe he's coming back. But that should just put a, that much more of a fire under our tails to be the light that we need to be in this world. Hey, we're sitting here. There's plenty of us in church tonight. Imagine if we, every single one of us in here, would set a light in our hearts, set a fire in our hearts to want to tell everybody we come in contact with about what God's done for you, about who Christ is to you, about what Jesus can do for you. We could probably change this whole community. God can still work. He's still in the saving business. He saved Miss Haniston just a few weeks ago. He's still working. We're the ones that aren't. And again, I'm preaching to myself. If, if all y'all are where you need to be, praise the Lord. But, but I need it tonight. But we're supposed to be that light. And uh, I'm going to read one more verse of Scripture to you. <clears throat> I skipped a little bit, but we're, we'll be okay with that. Matthew chapter 5. We all know the verse. It says, You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt is lost its savor, wherewithal shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candlestick and put it under a bushel. Or light a candle and put it under a bushel. But they put it under a candle, over a candlestick, and it shall give light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men. That's our, that's our job. That's what we're called to do tonight. We're not called to hoard up what we got, go home and 
and, and just let it go the rest of the week. We're supposed to put our light on a candlestick. We'll go back to the, uh, the kitty version, this little light of mine. We ought to let it shine. I love hearing my little girls sit down and sing those songs. They'll stick their little finger up and they'll sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hey, when did we get so, uh, so good that we stopped doing that? Hey, when did we get to the point where it's just not good enough for us anymore? We don't want to let it shine. When did we get too good for Christ? I don't want to be too good for Christ tonight. I don't ever want to forget what he did for me. And I don't ever want this world to get so big in my life and so, so loud in my ear that I forget what he did. And I never want to stop serving him. Brother Tim, we're getting close. We are real close. And we want to be like Paul. I want to finish the race. I want to fight a good fight. I want to go all the way to the end doing nothing but serving Christ. That should be our goal tonight. Brother John, that's all I had. If, if y'all get nothing else out of that, let's live our lives to serve him and nothing else. Let's get as close to Christ as we can so that everybody that sees our life knows there's something different. Brother John. Days of Christmas season, which is a time of lights. You'd be surprised how many religions of the world during this time of year, they have what they call Festival of Lights. I was over in India one year around November, December, and it was a, a feast of theirs they called Diwali, D-W-A-L-I. And it literally means a feast of lights. They put lights on 